You are now listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Wow. 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 Welcome to another podcast, everybody. Podcast number 29. It's a magical episode today. Uh, as always, uh, I don't have my any of my notes, so I don't know what the hell I was supposed to say at the beginning. But uh, if I do recall, I'm supposed to mention who I'm with. Uh-huh. And, and who you are, and the name of the podcast. And who I'm the oh, okay, this is the Feeding Off Each Other podcast, if you are unaware. And I am joined, as always, with Jason, uh, not lactose intolerant Lucas. Ooh, true, I do love milk. And also mm-hmm. joined by David, very lactose intolerant Wiggins. I wouldn't say very, I think people that are very lactose intolerant, like, get violent diarrhea and i just get an upset tum-tum lactose adverse yeah yeah like i just don't ex- i don't I'll let them come into my house but you still need to take a pill to survive i don't need to it's just like a bit of discomfort <laughs> and a little bit farty <laughs> you're uh, you're probably wondering why i brought this up mm-hmm. in the first 10 seconds well i do have a surprise later and it is lactose related and i hope our guest can handle the lactose can you if yeah, you yeah. if you can blink once Oh, move the oh, mic close to your mouth. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we can. We're safe. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Are you guys doing good here? Yeah. I'm good. You guys yeah, ready to rock and really roll? good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, guys, I don't have the intro or anything up right now. I'm totally blowing it, so you guys <laughs> got to take the wheel. All right. Dave, do you want to read the intro? Um, ooh, no. You, no. Okay. <laughs> I kind of wanted you to because today we have a, a very mountain bike focused guest, but I can read Okay, so guest, we're going to read an intro, and uh, you tell us how we did after and if we missed anything. Sound good? We're calling you guest because it's a secret, Yeah, because no Mm -hmm. one has read the title yet. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So, I first saw today's guest a few years ago on Instagram, hucking himself and his bike off a ton of ridiculous shit here in the Sea to Sky area. Since then, he has quickly made a name for himself in the mountain bike industry for his big sends and big tricks. Hailing from Kelowna, BC, and now living in Whistler, this guy was recently on the mountain bike reality TV show, Pink Bike Academy, and spoiler alert, uh, he won the whole damn thing. Oh, come on, I was on the second to last episode. <laughs> if you haven't seen it now, too late. Ladies and gentlemen, smash that soundboard for Max Grayson. Thanks for having me. He's in the building. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. Oh, thanks, man. Big champion in the house today. Yeah. You are number one. How, uh, how was the intro? Was it accurate? Perfect. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no details missed? No, no, it was pretty good. No, nothing else we need to know about you? All right, well, that's it. Hey, why even <laughs> say Whistler, it? Whistler big, is Whistler's biggest sender. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Oh, big claim. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> are we in the Sea to Sky area right now? Does it yeah, count? is North Shore yeah. part of Sea to Sky? I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like more like Squamish. Squamish to Whistler. Oh, this is a technicality. I don't know. Oh, boy. Well, Mm. I'd consider it. I always think of it as like the the bottom end and Whistler's, or like Pemberton maybe is the top end or Whistler's the top end. I don't know if you'd go as far as Pemberton, though. I feel like it would be like Lions Bay to Whistler Pemberton-ish. Oh, boy. Well... All right. I mean, I was going to say Google it, but maybe if you're listening out there, uh, call in and let just, us know what you think. Just roast us in the comments. Speakpipe.com slash feeding off each other. Leave us a message. Yeah. Well, all right. So how you doing, Max? Good, man. I'm excited. Today is going to be the first day back on the bike. So 
Just drove down here from Whistler, saw a crack of uh, sun on the way through too. So I'm I'm just ready to get riding again. So what brought you off the bike? Oh, well, let's get right into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so winning the Pink Bike Academy was a secret, and we filmed it all in August. And then I was sponsored by Intense before, and this year was huge for me. Like I hit every single goal that I wanted, and then wrapping up the year. It's going to be my final year on a downhill bike because new sponsor, Orbea, they do not currently have a downhill bike. And also, is my last year in my 20s. I'm turning 30. I turned 30 on Christmas Day. So, uh, back in, at the end of November, actually, uh, a friend of mine, he rebuilt the Toonie Drop. The infamous Toonie Drop. The infamous Toonie Drop. Dave, and you got to pull this up on uh, Max's gram there. Yeah, yeah for and sure. then a young Grom. I was actually in Mexico at the time, and a young Grom, if you guys know Mini Marshall, Oliver is his real name. I only know full-size Marshalls. Uh, <laughs> Marshall, <No>. Marshall Mathers? <laughs> yeah. uh, this kid's on the come up. Anyways, he took a photo standing on the top of it saying, like, oh, I want to hit it. And uh, How old is he? He's 15. Okay. Oh, oh my maybe, God. Maybe 16. Is his mom But he's, he's uh, hit some bigger of... stuff. Like, he hit the Renegade sidetrack drop. Oh, yeah. And he's ready for it. And I know he's going to do it. But he took a photo of it, and then it got me thinking, because the landing was mint. Somebody just rebuilt it. And I can't say who, but because uh, <laughs> you'll see the videos coming out. And I'm like, man, I got I to gotta hit this thing again. Like, I, I wanted to finish the year off with Intense, and for, like, my own self personally, I went there with the... With the mindset, I was going to sue you, and I was actually riding clips at the time, and I'm always on flats, but I thought I'd try out the clips just to guarantee, because you only have one chance. I wasn't going to do it twice. So, Maybe. can I pause you there? Yeah, yeah. Can you explain what the Toonie Drop is? Yeah, sorry, I'm kind of... No, 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 it's right okay, now, it's okay. We, gotta, we, we yeah, have a so lot of non-mountain biker listeners. The Toonie Drop is, from my knowledge, the biggest drop on the North Shore. If Correct me if I'm wrong, you guys, yeah. oh, you guys yeah. are locals here, but... Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, this infamous drop that's got a, people think the landing's too flat for the size of it, and it's, I've hit it before successfully back in 2019, and uh, it almost, I, I believe I had a concussion for like three days after, just from the, the whiplash. Like just head. landing, landing, just landing it. it. Like I landed, oh my God. landed it good. <laughs> it made an awful noise. There's a bad video of it. Uh-oh. And uh, just the whiplash alone, like. Uh, Nathan Blake actually hit it the same day with me and he said the same thing like he didn't feel right for the next few days after no just way. from the head the whiplash from your head I'm, in and I'm like I never want to do this again I told myself I was never going to do it again it's a lose-lose lose uh, situation when I saw yeah uh, mini Marshall Oliver and he took the photo on the top I was like this is mint this is it this is like the, the end of the of a perfect season for me so I'm like, going to cap it off here and then I started thinking I'm like I never want to do this again I want to get it done and just flawless. And to my knowledge as well, nobody's ever done a trick off of it. Correct? Oh, boy. You're, yeah, I don't know <laughs> I if don't I've seen so. it. Maybe like a table. or uh, you Like know, a not, bar turn or yeah, something? Yeah, a bar yeah. turn, not even a table. Yeah. It's I don't a think horrific I, yeah. drop. <laughs> I, I, I remember like being super young and my dad catching wind of this uh, drop and him taking to me to go see it and as a kid it blew my mind but still every time i go to it to this day <laughs> it blows my mind yeah i'm happy i don't live here and i don't have to see it <laughs> i think i've only ridden the shore three or four times oh so wow. my very first time actually to the shore i hit it 
Big and, flex. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that came from uh, from Travis at uh, Ride and F. I got a concussion just from looking at it. Because <laughs> back then, he's like, are you going to, because I was hitting some big drops uh, just before leading up to that. And he's like, are you going to hit the toonie? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, he was asking me this at Crankworks in 2019, I think. I'm like, I don't know. It, I hate being that person that says I'm going to do something, and then I don't. Because if mm. I ever say I'm going to do something, you can put money on it. I'm doing it. And uh, I'm like, I don't know. I can't give you an answer. I have to stand there, look on top of it, and then I'll let you know if I'm going to do it or not. So he kept bugging me. He's like, you got to come down. You got to check this thing out. And then when we saw it, at first I was like, no, I don't, th- I don't think I want to do this. Because it's, well, like you said, it's, it's insane. And then something clicked in my head. I'm like, I got to go right now, and I'm doing it. Oh, my God. And then I, I actually had a GoPro uh, in my pocket, or no, it was in my bag. I didn't even put it on because I was like, I, in the zone, I can see it. I have to do it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did it, and then I was so stoked right after. And that kind of like, I think that was something that really put my name on the map that started it. And then from then just kept kept hitting more and more stuff in the sea to sky. And I think a lot of it was was studying like like for me, uh, I don't really have a big mountain bike background. Like I started riding in 2017 when I moved to Whistler and I've never taken lessons. I've never, uh, pretty much everything I've learned has just been from watching like Remy's videos and, and seeing the gaps and then going and looking at them in person, studying it and seeing, okay, it'll work. And then, uh, anyways, back to, uh, the, the Toonie drop. Um, so I'd done it before. And I thought about it, and I'm like, this is going to be the end of the perfect season. But I, I didn't want to just redo the same thing. I had to one-up it. So that's where in my head I'm like, I'm going to Suey this. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to be history. Be the first person to trick it. And then I think also if uh, Oliver would have hit it, he would have been the youngest person to hit it. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I believe he would have been the youngest. And then, yeah, right before that day, I was feeling pretty good. And right before I saw a few of my buddies in the parking lot and actually Nathan Blake was one of the people I saw and he's like, yeah, they just rebuilt the landing. It's a lot steeper. It shouldn't be so such a big of a head slap, but he's like, you got to go uh, a lot quicker than uh, if you do what you did before, you're going to case it. I'm like, I don't know, man. And that just played in my head. Why did he say that? Why because did they, the, because the way they rebuilt the landing, uh, the top of it got pulled back a little bit. Okay. So you like marginally quicker you had to go but that just stuck in my head how tall is the jump is this a drop is i it, have no idea has I've anybody never, measured it does anybody know i would guess any like of the locals 35 there, like, to 40 feet 45 maybe max 45 yeah. i think that's stretching yeah it. like it depends if you if you measure it like rampage like vertical or uh diagonal i'd say probably maybe around 30 35 for a better story and then uh <laughs> yeah. 27 the, feet the vertical. <laughs> well, you just Googled it? Yeah. 8.5 meters, it says. Where'd you find that? Uh, pink bike. <laughs> well, everyone knows that's official. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's article. the, the yeah, vertical. Yeah, well, no, but it's like an old running joke that pink bike, you use a pink bike ruler because you're trying to get like more internet uh, karma when yeah. you claim your jumps are bigger than they really are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's stretch massive. It a little bit. Yeah. It's massive. So you were planning to do it, but this time do a suicide, no hander, take your hands yeah. off midair. That was the goal. And then running up to it, I did about, I don't know, maybe four run-ins. And usually if I do more than like five plus run-ins, I'm like, that's it. 
I'm pulling the pin. I'm not doing it. And I had it in my head. I was like, I got to do it right now. This is it. And then coming off, I, I still thought I was good right in because it's completely blind. You can't see this thing until it's too late. And there's also two trees and one's on a bit of an angle. So you kind of have to aim right in between them. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, you don't know if you're good until you're coming off of it. And I came off a little bit too quick. And yeah, as soon as I came off, I was like, oh shit, this is oh, too fast. I'm not no. taking, I'm not taking my hands off. <laughs> and, uh, the impact, cause I hit it too, too low. The impact was actually so bad that, uh, I guess I can say this now if I'm not with intense anymore, but my rear triangle snapped on impact Whoa. and my back tire slammed into my seat, locked up the rear tire and it wobbled me a bit, but I, I was coming off a little bit, uh, a little bit off axis a little bit, just like tweaked. And that impact is so bad that you have to be perfect. And yeah, it just, oh. it twisted me and I slammed. So as soon as I hit, everything just gave out fell right onto my shoulder and broke my collarbone. And uh, Travis, who's there again, taking photos, he was about 40 feet away and he's like, as soon as he hit, he's like, you broke your collarbone. And I got up and I was like, nah, man, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> oh got up gosh. right away and then started walking around and he's like, come here. And then pulls my jersey, just looks down. He's like, yeah, it's broken. Oh. And at this point, like there's no pain, there's nothing, I felt good. And then uh, I was like, okay, well, let's get out of here before the pain kicks in. And I could still like walk and I'm fine. And then he dropped me off at the hospital and still pain didn't really kick in. Nothing really felt too bad. And I was really lucky to get the surgery that day. So yeah, I've just been on Sunday. So two days ago, uh, it was the six week mark. So now I'm here ready to ride again. Ready to see the toonie drop again? <laughs> Absolutely <or>? not. <laughs> I'm putting right. that behind Come me. On. They can have it. Oh, shit. Oh, that was the wrong Here sound. we go again. I tried to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think uh, to Intense's defense, I don't think any bike no, company no, is making no, a bike that's, that's no, made for the toonie drop. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, like, it's just absolutely mental. Something that stands out, I don't know, it, something that stands out to me, running up, there's a little patch of cement that someone has... Yeah. Purposely Who? put that in. Yeah, like it's just slightly just off camera enough that someone had to kind of man make this smooth takeoff. I do you know who made that? Let alone the no, drop man. itself. I I don't really know much history of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I this, I've only this will be yeah probably my fifth time riding on the shore. It's one of those crazy stunts that just kind of seems like it was made for mountain biking. Like yeah. it's just sitting there. It's just been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah since the dark ages <laughs> but coming back formed. to it after like a, a massive season of hitting stuff that's like around the 20 foot mark I've, i had that in my head like when i hit renegade i said that maybe a few times near the end of the year and that was kind of like at the limit of what i was doing last year and then in your head you're like oh yeah it's not it's maybe like two or three feet bigger it's not too much bigger and then you get there and it's just no this is way bigger there's nothing comparable to it the that I've hit it's close when you're at the bottom at the very bottom looking up at it the landing seems pretty steep and then in my opinion and then you go up to the very top and you look at the landing and it looks flat absolutely just to give you an idea of like how big this thing is mm -hmm. yeah could you even build the landing even steeper than what they uh added or yeah this is a limit I mean but then you you have to be that much more precise because if right. you, you do what I did, and I, I missed, like, the coping of it, like, right. the very top, because I came in too fast, so I hit 
too deep in the transition and the, the impact's even worse. So what's running through your head when you take off? As soon as I took off then, I was like, oh shit. I was just like braced as hard as I could. I'm like, I think I'm going to be fine, but this is going to hurt. Oh, fuck. And, it was and you just got like, some time to think about it too as you're falling yeah. <laughs> through the oh, air. Well, I had that before. Like you overshoot something or you have a lot of time and usually it's always all good. Yeah, yeah. You just, it just hurts the ankles and the shoulders. In, like I've had that feeling before where you brace, you know, like, oh no, I'm screwed. I just hold brace for impact. You've had that feeling before, I assume. Oh yeah. <laughs> Many times. Yeah. Sometimes was, you get bucked a bit and you know that like when you're going over mm-hmm. and you're like, oh shit in the air. And then you, you land nose heavy and you ride it out and you're all good. And you're like, just waste the life there. But, <laughs> and so did this one feel any different this moment? Yeah, like, as soon as I came off, I was like, I, I think it's going to be all good, but holy shit, this is going to hurt. Oh. It's going to be big. Damn. And then as soon as I knew that I was going too fast and I and I couldn't take my hands off, like mentally, my hands were, were glued on. And I'm like, I'm going to do this twice. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Dear God. Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I'm glad it was just the collarbone. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because you took quite a slam. Dave, did you take a look at that video yet? Did you find I it? Did. Yeah, yeah, I screen recorded it so I can plop it in the episode. Oh, real nice. Yeah. yeah perfect. It's pretty gnarly. <sighs> we When we did the session video, people were doing the yeah. knee drop. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Like, which is like, yeah, we had CJ, down. CJ Hopman. He was oh, yeah. doing the, uh, there was like a little side hit. And um, he's in the background. This is our video. It looks like a session. I don't mm-hmm. know if you had seen that one, but. Um, <laughs> I needed someone to hit this drop in the background and I was going back and forth through emails and someone, I think maybe Travis or Kaz maybe said, Oh, I got someone. I got a guy named CJ. I was like, okay, great. So I was expecting like an adult man to show up and oh, be yeah. hitting this drop in the back. And then I show up and there's like a 10, not 10 year old, no, he's like 12. Four. I think it was 12, maybe was 12, 12, 13. His dad dropped him off and was like, all right. Yeah. See and there's this young, <laughs> <laughs> there's this young kid and i say oh hey what's your name cj i'm like oh no <laughs> do you think cj was his first and middle name or <laughs> <laughs> what does the c and the j stand for max do you know uh craig carlos cool, cool jumper. craig james Christ. i think carlos jr carlos jr <laughs> <laughs> carl's jr like carl burger? carl's jr yeah it's the Mexican version. You get like a <laughs> taco burger. <laughs> Anyways, he was doing it in the background. He did it over and over. Perfect every time. But uh, my, uh, our like production yeah, manager was, was absolutely freaking out because he was just worried about insurance and stuff. Like, oh, what yeah. if this kid eats it? And like CJ was just like, cool, the cucumber hit it perfect yeah, every yeah. time. But yeah, well. C stands for cucumber. Oh yeah, there you go. Cucumber Junior. Yeah. <laughs> cucumber it's Jam. A, it's pickle. like a pickle. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to our first ad read. Oh yeah. That's right, someone actually paid us. We got a script from today's sponsor, Spicy Dice, and Matt and Jason are gonna read it for us. Word for word without changing a thing. Hey Matt, have you ever heard about mattresses? Uh, yeah. Well, have you heard of Spicy Dice? No. Well, do you have a bike? Yeah. Do you have valve covers on that bike? No. Yeah, you probably lost them when you were checking your PSI. (laughs) Yeah, dude, they're tiny. Well, you should go find Spicy Dice on Instagram and check out what they're all about. Hmm, what's their Instagram? 
It's spice, period, letter E, period, dice. Go check them out and grab a pair. That was something else. <laughs> Good work, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about Pink Fight Academy. Yeah, man. Yeah. How, what an experience that was. Yeah. Well, it's it different. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, so, where do you want to start? Right well, from the I mean, I guess it, we could just talk briefly about how you, uh, you applied twice. There's now three seasons. Yeah. Um, you applied for season one and two, but yeah, you were for season committed. one, actually, I I made it to the as like an alternate candidate, and then never got the call in, and it was, it was a little bit unfortunate, but it happens. I wasn't. I don't think I was ready. And then the second season, uh, I applied again. I don't know how far I made it, but unfortunately, I had a bad crash at the dirt jumps and fractured three vertebrae, and was took myself out. So I, I don't know, maybe, you know, if I was, <laughs> well, let's address the, the, uh, the white, the awkward, no white, the elephant. white elephant, <laughs> the white elephant, <laughs> the awkward elephant. What is it called? The, the elephant. In the just room. the elephant. Just, just a regular elephant. <laughs> elephant junior in the room. I would take elephant. Uh, Jason, you may know Jason as the host of Pink Bike Academy season one and two. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. he is directly responsible for you not making it. Yeah, he made yeah. all yeah. Personal, decisions. No. Yeah. All rested on his shoulders. Um, I, yeah, I remember season one. You being an alternate, I don't know if I had say that much at that point, but I remember watching your application and then I think I knew of you before that, maybe from the Toonie drop video oh, yeah. on the green intense. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something like that. And then season two, I think you had a really good shot of being on it. Yeah. And then, yeah, you wrecked your. Wrecked it's probably yourself. for the better, to be honest, because that season two was all racing. Yeah. And if you, did you guys watch season three? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, for sure. Yeah, luckily, racing was not too big of an issue for that one. But I think there's a lot of mixed reviews about that. We'll get into it. Certainly, <laughs> certainly, certainly. We're going to read every comment here live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. And <laughs> get your take. Totally. <laughs> but no, I think it's sick that you you just kept applying and like leveling up and leveling up. And I think that helps rather than if you had just waited to yeah. apply for season three instead of not applying for the first two. And then you don't have those like base level ups from those prior years to yeah. kind of talk well there there's the catch uh i actually didn't apply for season three really it was, uh, jay gratoli yeah from pink bike he reached out and he's like how come you didn't apply and i said well i haven't really done anything different or to improve myself i applied for season one applied for season two got rejected from both and i felt like i wasn't really what they were after and then he's like man i, I would advise you to apply so i was like all right let's do it so then season three, I did apply. And this was, um, I think, in the spring. And back then I had, because I, I was with Intense before, but it was just like a grassroots deal. And then it wasn't until last year, I was like fully sponsored, like free bikes, a budget, everything. And that all happened. Um, they they If they would have just presented me a contract early on, I would have signed it and had never gone on to Pink Bike. But because their bikes were so delayed, I didn't get my bikes until... I think it was the bike park had already opened. It was like late May mm. that I got my bikes. And at that point I'd already told them about pink bike Academy and they said, okay, yeah, we're cool with you going on it. I was like, sweet. And yeah, then back then too, I think a lot of people were frustrated cause they're like, Oh, this guy's coming in and he's, he's already like a semi pro pro, whatever you want to call it. He's got such a big following already. Like it was all rigged and staged. And I'm like, well, to be honest, like at that time, I think I only had about like 
26, 28,000 followers on Instagram back in the spring. And then it wasn't really till this summer that everything just, just worked out for me. Mm -hmm. And I constantly had that like in the back of your head where it's like, there's something else to look forward to. Like there's always something happening. And then it was about just before Crankworks where it's like, because I had Crankworks, Tour de Nar, Pink Bike Academy, all back to back to back. And then like the racing too, where I was like, should I be taking it easy? Like to have Pink Bike Academy as the goal? Like, is that the end goal? Like to be healthy and ready for that? And then I was like, if an injury happens, it's unfortunate, but it can't stop me. Like I got to just keep riding each event at my full potential. So that really ticked it off at the start of uh, Crankworks, the ARDH. Actually, I'll, I'll touch in on that too. Um, at the, for the ARDH, they put up 500 bucks cash for best trick on the tombstone. And then that's where it like got in my head. And I'm like, man, if I get injured right now, this would be such a stupid like reason because I was trying something dumb just before. And then landed that. And then right after that, the day after was the Tour de Nar. I'm like, I just got to keep rolling and whatever happens, happens. It's just, it'll be meant to be or it won't. And then right after the tour to NAR, it was the day after I was like, man, if I'm riding the way I'm riding, I'm winning the Academy. Like no question about it. So just like, it was just pure confidence. That's interesting. Cause for the listeners at home, if you don't know, tour to NAR is a ridiculous thing that psychopaths do here in the seat <laughs> in the sky area where they spend one big full day like before sunrise start going south to north in the, the sea to sky sea to sky which you all know is vancouver area. to whistler vancouver to whistler i looked it up it's horseshoe bay to, oh my god to pemberton as you all know it's horseshoe bay to whistler anyway <laughs> <laughs> you guys spend the full day uh hitting the biggest features known to yeah. to us here uh and documenting it through video um and it's a big group of you and you're all kind of dare I say, feeding off each other. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Pushing yourselves to to hit the stuff back to back to back to back. And um, at the end of the day, uh, I would call it like a documentary of of the whole process and and a little behind the scenes. So very risky to do before (laughs) going on a a big uh, opportunity. And so you were in that mindset of like, if I do this, like I'm good. Like I'm good to go for anything, basically. Well, after that day, yeah, the confidence was very high. But just like what you're saying leading up to it, where it's like, oh, I have this next thing coming. Like, there, I did some some downhill races in the summer, and then same thing in my head is like, well, what if I get hurt in a downhill race, and then I can't compete in Crankworks, and then I can't compete. And I'm like, I can't live my life like that. I got to just keep going, keep doing each event, and whatever happens, happens. Do you think that feeling is always present? The if you crash, it's going to be a dumb crash, and you're going to miss out on the next thing. Did I think years before it's been a lot, a lot more present. But I think if like you're looking at it from like a professional athlete's perspective, you probably got stuff going on all year. So where do you draw the line? Like you got to be present for each event, and whatever happens, if unfortunate. But it's we we train to. To not let it happen, but mm-hmm. risk is always there. So I think you just got to keep going at, and just take each event one step at a time. It's like I, anything else. You can't dwell on potential exactly. failure. You got to just keep going forward. Exactly. How, how do you push through the fear and 
like when you're at the top of a toonie drop or something crazy like that, how do you like what's going on oh, in your head? I, I get that all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fear is definitely there. hundred percent. I'm, I'm human. I'm scared shitless <laughs> at the top of that. Uh, what I do, I break it all down. Like, well, for that one, there's not so much breaking it down because it's just one massive impact. You don't necessarily need to be like the most skilled rider to, to do that because it's not like, like a, a techie section of line with like exposure where you have to be like a hundred percent present on your bike for like five seconds. Like this is just one big free fall impact. And I just break it all down. Like, what do I need for speed? What do, where do I need my line? Like you see the rampage guys, they put their little rocks on the takeoff. Uh, I usually just take my foot and skid it into the dirt exactly where I want to go. And then like I said too, on the toonie, there's, two trees like goalposts that you have to fit through they're they're maybe like eight feet apart but up top when you're looking at them they look like they're only two feet apart and i just block all that out because i only think this is my landing spot so i don't really care what's around it it could be broken glass it could be lava it could be anything and it's just that's not in my mind i only think about where i'm gonna land and what i'm gonna do so for that one it's a pretty simple breakdown but for other things, when you're landing, uh, like Remy's line, for instance, like Garanga, mm. like that's a, you have to be very present the entire time. Like the, if you slip up at all, there's big consequences at any point in that line. But the, the crux of it is that rock to rock gap. And that's something that you just break it down one, one thing at a time. Like the first roll in is just if you took that on its own, it's super simple. Well, not super simple, but a, a double black rider or black rider would be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And then the, the drop itself, that's probably a, a pro line to double black feature, definitely pro line. But, and then it's the run out that makes it so, so spicy and so con consequential. So if you just break them all down in your head and then when you can see it, like I don't, I don't, I'll pull away and not do it if I'm not feeling it. And a lot of people don't necessarily see that. So you, they just think like, oh, it's this fearless sender. But no, it's all very calculated. It's all dialed. And I don't, I don't like the show when I walk away. So you said people, you get that all the time. Do people call you nuts or ask if you have a screw loose or something like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. And, what, and what do you, how, do, how do you react to that? I just laugh at it. What does your mother think of all this? Uh, she's definitely gotten better over the years. But when I was first starting out, she was terrified. But she's seen it. I've proven to myself, I've proven to her to, that I can do this. I can ride at this level repetitively. Is your mother watching this? She will be, 100%. <laughs> well, I watched an interview with you and Christine Chapetta, and you said, uh, oh, yeah, my mom's definitely watching this. So yeah. I, I take it your mom's a big fan. Yeah, she's my biggest fan. Of course. That's awesome. We, uh, that, we have that in common. I think our, <laughs> our mothers are our biggest fans, and they're watching closely right now. Yeah. yeah. My mom good. doesn't know this exists. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> my mother loves you. That's okay. Does she? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Maybe. I, I actually don't know. think she, oh. she, on her, she was probably one of the biggest fans of the Pink Bike Academy. Nice. And uh, I think she's reached out to each contestant personally. Wow. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Nice. What a nice yeah. lady. Like uh, she, her her comment was na 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 boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just rubbing it my, in. My son's better than you. Yeah. <laughs> Personally. Yeah. yeah. So what was it like being on? I mean, I guess it's a reality TV show, perhaps not necessarily on TV, but it's a show. It's kind of the TV show format. What's yeah. it like being on a show like that? 
different, huge learning experience. Like just having what you don't see. Like every time we did those eliminations, we're all lined up. We're staring at like 15 cameras at a point now. It's nerve wracking. It's 15 terrible. cameras? Is that overshoot? How many cameras? How many cameramen are there? We'll, we'll Google it. Ping, bang, we'll tell us. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 10. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. That might even be an overshoot. I don't know. That's probably some black and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, uh, it's, it's different. hundred percent. It's, it's, it's reality TV. So it's, it's not scripted, but it's, they're definitely looking for certain answers. Like when we did our, our interviews and like behind the scenes stuff, when we're chatting with them, they'll ask you a question and you'll answer it. And then they'll just tweak the way they answer or they asked you and they'll ask you about three, four, however many times until you give them the answer that they're looking for. And then also what I've noticed too, it wasn't too bad, but they definitely chop, chop your words and put them together. Mm -hmm. It's kind of inevitable with editing. Yeah. You, you mm -hmm. have to. Yeah. <laughs> but and also as an editor, if you see, oh, I can do this and tell it this way and manipulate it and make it a little bit more dramatic, you, <laughs> that's their job. That's their prerogative yeah. to make a better edit, I guess. What are, uh, what are some other things that we don't get to see? Like, uh, I assume you're there for a couple weeks? No, seven days. Seven days? Oh, I my think God. That all Holy. happens in seven days? Yeah. Holy smokes. Well, it's actually more like six. The first day is just figuring everything out. Oh, my goodness. That's quicker than we shot it. So, <laughs> how many days were you there for? I think season one and two is at least two weeks to, like, Maybe even 20 days. I have a skewed perspective because I was there before and after I, I, setting up. I guess the contestants are there for a little bit less time than the yeah. even shooting is the, there. Was it basically one episode a day you shot? or Sometimes two. Two wow. episodes no. in a day. Okay, so this explains okay, you know, why I guess the episodes were 20 minutes long and not 40 minutes. And this was like a huge sticking point for some of the commenters. For sure. Yeah, a lot of people. Even myself watching it. Like, I wish we did yeah, the 40 yeah. minutes. It's hard to tell a story in 20 minutes. Totally. Mm -hmm. And then I read one of the comments too. Uh, I think it was on like the ninth or 10th episode. And it's like, why are we still learning about the contestants at this point? Yeah. And oh, this is not time. 15 minutes. And yeah, there's yeah. only so much. Yeah. It's hard to build any kind of like character development or feel like yeah. uh, gain a kind of connection to any one person when uh, you have to skip along so quickly. Totally. So as a cast member, did you kind of say to yourself before going in like this is how i'm going to be this is how i'm going to present myself no matter what or did you just kind of yolo uh, pretty much the same as this just showed up and <laughs> yoloed it there was uh like i wasn't really trying to do like a persona or anything because i don't know what's what's the point people already have, have seen me and i also felt like i was there mentally i was i was there to win it like i, I don't really need the exposure, I don't, it, like, it was great, but in my head, it was like, I want the opportunities that it's going to bring. I want the money. I'm, I'm here to win this thing. And I, I don't necessarily think all the contestants were in that same headspace. Actually, I know it. Mm. Some of them were just very stoked to get out or to be on the show. And, uh, yeah, man, it's... We had happy that... It all came through. We had that a bit in season one, because it was COVID times, it was all Canadians. Yeah, they're all so damn nice to each other. Uh, and yeah. we were like, "Come on, guys! Like, let's it's a competition. Like, someone's got to win." And they're all like, "Yeah, but we also get to ride bikes and have fun." <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "No, but like, there's a lot of money on the line. It's pretty and, like, fun to be a here." Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So who who then was who was there to win? Who are you like? I have to beat this person. 
Well, right off the bat, it was Tarmo. It was, I think, it wasn't even in the competition. It was like the, because we got there Friday night, and then Saturday, we got like our bikes, we got a show, we got, we stayed in like where you guys were originally for mm-hmm. the first night, so down near Happy Valley, and then Saturday morning, we didn't know this, they took us in the bus up to that uh, house that we all stayed at, and then we saw our bikes, got our kits, got all checked out and everything, and then the Sunday, we actually got to ride the bikes, and I've ridden at Big White before. I'm not super familiar with it, but uh, I think it was Ted, uh, I forget his last Ted name. Ted Morton. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Ted Morton. He was he was touring. We split into two groups and like showing us which trails we're going to ride. And I can't remember the name of the trail, but uh, he, he pulled off and he's just like, yeah, just stop right here. And I was behind him. So I pulled off right behind him. And then I guess Tarmo missed that. And he was one or two people behind me. And he stopped just before this rock section because he wanted everyone to look at it because it could potentially be like a a line choice area. And Tarmo just came through full speed. And I know it was his first time seeing this because he's never ridden there. Pinned through this thing. And I'm just like, holy shit, that was really quick. I'm like, this, we got some competition here. And uh, I was happy to see it because I didn't, I wanted it to be like higher competition for the whole, for everyone. For sure. Right. Did they tell you at all um, about who they're looking for other than the complete package? Like w- you going in, you, you would see someone like that. And they're like, oh my God, they're faster than me. I can't win. Or are you like, no, but I got other skills and I can apply that to this competition. Absolutely. I didn't necessarily know that that's what they were going to be looking for. But as soon as I saw that, I just thought of season two and I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to get smoked. And then the first like three or four, four days was just like okay just hold on just just be mid-pack just try to get just get through and then I, I squeaked through a few of the eliminations and then it was about like the last three days or so uh the overall mood of the place changed too like everybody was was really good friends really good vibes everyone was just enjoying riding brand new bikes with staying in a, a mansion with a personal chef like it was sick nobody wanted to go home and then, uh, yeah, the last, like, th- two or three days, it's like, okay, this is getting real. People are starting to butt heads a bit. But what you're saying, there wasn't really that, like, forced drama because from the guy's perspective, the, the final three came down to me, Tarmo, and Eric, and we all are very, very different. Like, Tarmo's, like, this dedicated racer. Eric's, like, a he's an EWS racer, but he does a lot of, like, media that's, it's different. He's got his own approach and he was, he was hitting some of the free ride lines with me. And then me, I just bring my own unique creative line choice and uh, more free ride aspect to it. So there wasn't any like two racers head to head going at it and not too much drama. So I'm just like, it's kind of out of our hands and the whole time. Yeah. That, there was a lot of confusion too of like, Oh, we want the total package or you don't need to be the fastest. Don't worry about that. And then the first elimination, I think Cam says, well, you can't argue with the clock. So the Brody, you're out of here. Or something like that. And I'm like, okay. So what what are we doing? <laughs> huh. Very interesting. Because, yeah, I think the audience probably, like you guys oh, watched. Absolutely. Yeah, we, yeah. we were I also mean, confused a little bit. Yeah, one of the biggest comments is is just, what are they looking for? And they, Jason, you brought it up quickly, the, the, the full package. They kept mentioning that. We want the full package. Yeah. We want the full package. I'm not even sure the people who are saying that really know what yeah, it meant. It kind of... There's no definition <laughs> It just became it. kind just, of like a buzzword, yeah, I, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that was very clear 
from us as contestants, like the confusion. And we were hoping that it would, in the post-production, it would maybe resonate a little differently. But I feel like it came through right to the final production. Interesting. So it, with that mindset, like it's a race day, race challenge day, like the, um, I guess you'd call it like interval cross country race where you're doing the circuit around the village. Yeah. Are you like, I need to try my best here or are you like just mid pack survive? No, no, no. I'm still trying my best okay. for all of these. I w- there was nothing that I was really like half assing, but it was just more so just survive each round, just survive, just make it through. And then, yeah, I felt, I remember it was like the last day. Um, cause we, we, we were, we didn't know any of the events, what was coming next until like about an hour before. And so there's no real way to prepare except for the final, um, on Friday night, the final enduro was Saturday. And they told us the night before be prepared because you have a, a five stage enduro to race tomorrow. And then I remember at that point, um, cause I was actually roommates with Tarmo, uh, he, he looked something was off with him i was like you, you all right man and he's just kind of holding his head there and he's like what does this mean he's like tomorrow is the final race and he's like what does it mean it, if i win it will it even mean anything and i'm like that's a really valid point man it's i don't know what it's gonna mean it's it's completely out of our hands and he's just like oh man i, I wish i was on season two and i'm like <laughs> i feel for you but at that point I I felt like genuinely I am the best candidate for this job, but I wasn't sure that I had proved it in my time there. So I, I was, when it came to the final elimination, I was not expecting to win. I, I thought Eric might because his, uh, um, his performance that he did with, the, with his EWS um, in Europe last year with traveling from each race, he biked all the rounds. And it was like a big media thing. And I thought that's more the type of guy that Pink Bike's looking for. But, and then Tarmo as well. Like, you can't really argue with, with his speed. And he, he blew the competition apart in a lot of things. So I was like, there's no way. I don't know if, I, if I'd proved it enough, but luckily. Did, did you, yeah, mentally, like, I, we obviously all know you're a very good rider. But I think that format and that uh, particular bike park especially you haven't ridden there a lot you said like how do you showcase yourself there's no toonie drop there's no, no like <laughs> it's a great bike park there's lots of jumps and the, yeah. you can definitely get creative but like it's just not the same as like a whistler no there's no like big big off features or anything that's why uh actually glad you said that because in our media challenge portion this is something too that behind the scenes we all saw but nobody else did when everyone's like no shade against Tarmo. The guy's a superstar. But, like, we found this little rock-to-rock gap that both Eric and I pulled. And he's like, uh, do I have to do this? I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you don't have to. Like, it's your your media, like, your edit that you do whatever you want. And then, so I saw that gap. I'm like, all right, let's pull this. And then Eric did it right after. And I'm like, really, man? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're playing this game, are we? And then uh, a little bit further down on, I think it's Rockhammer. There's that uh, V of the rocks. And I was looking at the, the the big slab on the right. It had like no transition. And then Eric just kept hitting everything that I was doing. I'm like, man, I got to do something that's going to put us apart. <laughs> so I'm looking at this line and I'm like, nobody's ridden this before. There's no way. 
I had to snap a few branches and whatnot. I didn't even know if it was going to be doable. And then came into it and kind of wobbled right at the top. And I'm like, all right, this is it. Full commitment. Hit it. The transition was so bad. As soon as I hit it, I looped out and then slammed on my back. And then I'm like, oh, I'm all good. I don't think I'm trying that again, but at least we got it. And then I looked over at Eric because he's like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll go. I was like, you want to go first? Like, be my <laughs> guest. And then that's when he's like, no, no, no. So then I'm like, at that point, you, I broke you. You're not doing that. <laughs> I so found this your was, limit. This was the stunt in the film video challenge? Yeah, yeah, that, that I started my, my uh, little edit off with. I was confused. The edit kind of confused me, and I didn't know if you were trying to withhold information. I couldn't tell if you were hurt or not. What you said was kind of vague. You just said, I couldn't ride anymore. Were you injured after that? No, no, no. Uh, I, w I was good, but I had a couple other things in mind. Okay. And that's where, I, again, where I'm like, I don't know if I really fully proved myself during it because uh, one of the jumps on the Joker had a nice lip to it. I was thinking about flipping that. And then that's where I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a dice roll. And do I want to take myself out? Do I need to do this? And then after that crash, that's when I'm like, I think I'm just going to pull back and I just want to make it through. So going back to this whole full package thing, you mentioned just a bit ago that I'm not sure if that's what Pink Bike was looking for. Who's looking for a winner? Is it Pinkbike? Is it Orbea? Is it the judges? Because as a viewer, I was confused because the show format is there's two hosts, there's two guests, but it only, up until the final episode, uh, the judges are, seem to be making the decisions, and then the final episodes, it's the Orbea marketing manager who comes in and seems to have the final say, yeah. kind of negating all of the judges there and kind of... I think upsetting a lot of people because they're like, well, what's the point of all the challenges in this? Absolutely. Right? So who's looking for, <laughs> who's looking for you? Is it Pink Bike I, I think, or Orbea? I think for the first, like, because Parker, the Orbea rep, he didn't show up until I think it was like the last three days. So I think it was Pink Bike. And by Pink Bike, I mean Gully and Christina and making the overall decisions for the first view and like whittling it down. And I, I think the producers probably had a, had a bit of say as well. And then ultimately, uh, it was Parker or Bea that were making the, the end decision, is what I gathered. Or it could be a group decision. I don't really know. But so why don't they just have Parker come in and be the judge? He's already on camera. What, what do we need Christina and Gully for? No, 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 I'm not knocking them. Everybody on the show did great. Everybody's doing the best oh they can. But he on X Games mode. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the viewer. I'm the upset viewer. I'm like, what's going on here, guys? Come on. Yeah. Oh, is the solution that Jason's missing? I saw that comment <laughs> yes. a few times. Where's Jason? I did miss it for sure. I yeah. mean, I'm throwing a lot here and I don't want any of this to take away from your, your, uh, your win. Well-deserved, obviously. What do you think? Uh, I'll put it this way. What do you think could improve season four? If there's a season four? Oh, if there's a season four, something's got to change. Like there's got to be a big variable. So either, uh, different bike park, different manufacturer, uh, different competitions you can't just keep doing the same stuff and i think there's got to be a more clear direction from the start of what they're looking for because even i think in the application process it it wasn't i didn't actually look into it too too hard but what they were looking for so this term overall package are you looking for a brand ambassador are you looking for a dedicated racer are you looking for a free rider the contestants need to know as well and then 
if that's what they're looking for, let's that it's got a lot of potential. Like let's make these challenges about that. What does the application process look like? Uh, you just go on to pinkbike.com, you fill out, you, uh, like a rider bio about yourself. You submit, I think this year you just submitted a one minute clip of yourself and that that's it. And you put all your specs for your bike. I think you do that in the application as well. I see. <laughs> and then did you must've done some sort of interviews. I remember kind of doing like, like zoom calls with, yeah, yeah. So they know you're like a normal person and <laughs> yeah. can kind of get to know your personality. When, how, like how long did it take to actually get that call of like, Hey, you're, you're on the season. Oh, that was actually, I think it was just before Crankworks. So we filmed it. So early August and then the actual filming started, I think it was August 18th or 19th. Okay. So, so you had so like, like two, two weeks. weeks. Really yeah. That's super quick. Holy. Yeah. And that too, like even before, because I'd been rejected from season one and then season two in season one, when they told me, they're like, yeah, you're, you're in, you're going to have an interview. And then I just never got the interview and they basically gave me like the dismissal. So I kind of had a bad taste in my mouth and I was like, this isn't real until it's real. So the whole time I'm like, am I going to be on the show? I don't know. Is it going to come through? And then, yeah, I had an interview with Chase, the producer. And then that's what I still was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to fully go through. And then I actually even had a bit of a scare going there too, because the, what was it? One of the, the dirt diaries, I think, um, uh, one of our guys that we're sitting with got COVID and we were all passing around a bottle of fireball and I kind of felt like shit right after like the next couple of days. And I'm like, it sounds like, oh, is it the fireball? Yeah, or the yeah. COVID? <laughs> COVID's like, no match for fireball. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think everything dies in fireball. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a bit nervous when we got there cause we had to take the COVID test. I'm like, oh man, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Are we all... But it worked out. It was pretty lenient. Just your test smelled like cinnamon after. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. Yeah. Wow. Great breath. <laughs> oh, candy hearts. <laughs> well, I, another aspect of choosing a winner that uh, let's dive into was the social media aspect, right? There was a competition that was making content, making like a video. And then there was another competition that was taking photos, photographs. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll first ask you, which competitions did you enjoy more? Did you write, did you enjoy the racing or did you enjoy the media creation? What do you think? I'll say the media creation. You're very excited. The cross country yeah. uphill, impossible climb. No, the media. That was those were the best days. Actually, it was. Um, I think it was the day we did our video challenge. Um, that day in particular, because it was just like another day in Whistler. Like that's what I do every day. I go ride, and then with buddies, it's like, oh, I'm gonna hit this, and we'll stop, clip it, and then that's just what it felt like. But it was more rush because we're we only had one lap to produce something too. Oh really? And big white, like you're saying, there's nothing really like huge gnarly that you can separate yourself from. So that's where I had to get a little creative. And, and that, that you did. That and you that, did indeed. That was just like good fun. Like honestly, I didn't really chat with Eric too too much before that. And then because there was the three of us, so Tarmo went with Addison, and then Eric and I partnered together, and it was it was awesome. Like it was just fun. Riding with them. Everybody seemed to know, all the other contestants seemed to know that 
you were the most excited about those media challenges. There was a little moment in there where oh, yeah. you were like, yeah, oh yeah, let's go take some photos and video. Was there anybody else who was excited to, to get a, get amongst the cameras? Or you kind I don't of know, I think one? I was kind of in my own head there. Okay. So I was just like focused on me. <laughs> and then actually after that, that day, um, they were doing some behind the scenes for Cam down at the, the slope style course down there. And then I was like, well, can we come ride? And they're like, Chase, the producer, he's like, in your honest opinion, can everyone here ride this course? Like, yeah, totally. Everyone will be good. And if they're not, then they'll they'll tell you and they won't do it. They just, it's not for them. So they're like, yep, there's no competition about it. Like this has nothing to do. It's all behind the scenes. And then that, that was just like unreal. Just having a sesh there with Gully and Cam, watching them do their thing. And yeah, that was that was the best day. Yeah, that was, it was funny. I was wondering when they shot that yeah, yeah. footage because there's like some in the intro and some like kind of spliced throughout the episodes. Yeah. And you did a backflip on the last jump in the slope course. And I was like, when the, I thought that was going to be the media challenge. I was like, oh, he well, went there to. Okay, between us, we actually, between me, Taro, and Eric, um, when we went down there, because they did say like we got the Insta 360s and they're like, you can film throughout the whole time, but you will have like an alligator block to go film your your edit and that we could have used footage for from it but it was like a mutual agreement between the three of us we're like we won't use any footage from the slope cell course in our edits and i'm like sure right. uh, okay i was on board it's it wasn't it was it was extra so well it was very cool to see some yeah i was i was stoked i had a few more things i wanted to try but i'm like I I'm pushing my luck here because I I tried to underflip on the the last one I I tried it twice and I foot dabbed the one and then the second one I landed a bit sideways and slid down the landing and then I was like nah this isn't worth it we still got two more days of competition I'm gonna be an idiot if I get hurt here <laughs> now let's try and ride down this <laughs> rock again. that looks unrideable yeah. later <laughs> yeah I'll save it yeah what I'm curious like from a production standpoint like some of the other things we don't get to see because of the shorter episodes and probably just because of logistics like you guys were in this mansion with a personal chef yeah. how was it living together was there cameras rolling sometimes in there no there, there wasn't really like we had no because we'd get mic'd up before any of the cameras would come through there was like maybe one time that the cameraman came through and mm. we were all chilling in the hot tub i think it was like one of the first days but i think that was just because they wanted to get a little more more video on Brody because I knew he was he was going and he was chilling in the hot tub with us. So. Wait, d yeah, do those moments happen where you can tell like, oh, this is they're they're shooting this because this person's about to go. Well, I put it together right after because okay. it was like our second day there. And then right after the, the cameraman didn't really come back into the house, and I'm like, oh, they probably wanted some more B-roll of Brody. Do you think uh, Brody got a fair shake? Oh, uh, well, that's unfortunate. It was like one of the second or first second lap, I think. He clipped this tree and slammed himself. And yeah, like that's it's, it's unfortunate because I think he would have been really good. But yeah, he kind of took himself. But he, he powered through those yeah. laps after despite yeah, he, being injured. He did amazing. But what you don't see too is like the next day he could he couldn't really get out of bed. Okay. Like it, I actually met up with him about like a, a month after he came and did some some laps with me in the Whistler bike park. And he's like, oh man, this is so sick. And then he told me, this is the first time I've ridden since Pink Bike Academy. So he was out for a month after oh, wow. that. 
he's now in Hawaii. He keeps taking us yeah. riding Maui <laughs> trails on uh, Pineapple Express. And, yeah. uh, if we had a teleport button, we'd be there right now. Yeah, man, it looks good. I'm jealous of him. Yeah, uh, super jealous. Doing laughs with Cam Zink. Very <laughs> nice. Um, uh, you bringing up the, the mansion, mm-hmm. I remember kind of hearing some things through the grapevine beforehand that with the addition of this house, that this season was going to be filmed more like a season of Big Brother. But I guess yeah. what... Now thinking back, it wasn't like Big Brother at all because the thing about Big Brother is you're on camera all the time in the house. Everything you're getting, all the drama. That's the best part. So yeah. I I would love to see that. They come need back. to do that next time. They yeah, should do that. I want to see but more. The more editors just went. Ugh. Yeah, they're like, how about no? <laughs> <laughs> how about twelve minute episodes? And then the production <laughs> company just went touching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that came through with uh, Eric's edit. You got to see a little bit more behind the scenes in the house because there was right. no cameras. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of nice, I guess, from a contestant. You know, have a camera in your face twenty four seven. Yeah, you feel like you actually get to kind of go home at the end of the day. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That. I, I mean, that would just add so much money from a production side of things oh to God, rotate yeah. in people who are working and the amount of cameras. Yeah, but your stress levels through the week are through the roof. Yeah. Like we didn't have any internet access. No TV. No movies, nothing. Uh, even the challenges, we didn't know what was coming next. So you're constantly like stressed out. And then some days you did two challenges. So you, you didn't, you'd get like an, an hour warning and be like, be in light riding gear. And that's like, okay, we're doing a huge cross country circuit. And they, they, that doesn't come across on the episodes either. Hmm. Were you like absolutely cooked by the end of it? it seems yeah, super when physical. I got home back to, to my fiance, Catherine's like, you are so frail and tiny. Like what, <laughs> what happened? Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> no, she said I looked like shit. And You're like, I did it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up the check. <laughs> yeah. Came back with a bad hangover. And that was 30 grand. So uh, going back to the social media aspects, you know, there was, um, it seemed like a lot of the decision was made on uh, who could, who would have the biggest social media aspect which you know upset a lot of people in the comments because there's people who just want to see shredding they just want to see race results they don't want to see media creation and all that but the reality is pretty much everything that we see is some sort of media like if there's a race happening we're consuming the media to see the results we're seeing the photos and whatnot to some degree Um, i even saw some comments that people were saying that you bought followers, which is abs- oh. it's just crazy. Of course, you didn't buy followers. No. No, You're doing crazy that. stunts. Tons of people <laughs> are sharing it. You're like being reshared by Sportsnet, yeah, Instagram, SportsCenter, SportsCenter. Yeah. Um, and then another thing uh, with this social media kind of drama that I thought was very interesting was in the final episode. There was this odd edit from Tarmo where. The music kind of changes. Yeah. It gets a little uh, dramatic. And then Tarmo speaks to the producers behind the camera. And he says, um, hold up. Excuse me. Can I just ask, does the amount of followers that we have affect the outcome? And then, like, next scene is like, Max, you win. Yeah. That, he's like, is it a level playing field? Is everybody coming in at the same, being judged the same? I thought that was really weird that they added that in. But so you don't even know. It's conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> but the, also, we were so unsure of, like, everything. Like, we don't know how somebody else was reacting in their interview. And, right. like, it was all very private. And then whenever, like, like Elliot would always ask me, like, oh, what did they ask you in your interview? What kind of questions did you get? I'd just go in all cocky, you know, especially to Elliot. And we'd just be like, 
oh yeah, they just wanted to make sure that they had my account details and like it could uh, fit the whole thing in in one check. They <laughs> <laughs> just like measured my head for a crown. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so then, ironically, to win it all, <laughs> just like yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I still want to dig deeper. Why did they edit that in? There, I think <laughs> this is a conspiracy now. There's comments yeah. speculating that. Pinkbike wasn't even happy with the results. And so they wanted to communicate to the viewers. Yeah, we know there's like this follower. Oh, bias. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. Like what? Why would you kind of, why would you put that in? Yeah, I'm I pissed. thought that was really strange. Yeah. And also they, they, did, they didn't put the race results. And, and, and that, the that's race what results. I was also wondering about. No race results. So who won the race? I'll give you one guess. Uh, Tarmo. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's fast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very, very fast. Yeah. Again, I don't want any of this to take away from, from your wins. Well deserved. You no, know, it's, but it's it's weird for me too. Like, yeah. I was, like like I was saying, at the end of the day, I felt like I genuinely was the best person for this job, but I don't necessarily know if I proved it during that week. So yeah, there probably was a few strings pulled. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, do you hear that? I think that's Tarmo breaking his computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you read the comments? Oh, Have you yeah. read any of the comments? Yeah, yeah you I've don't stay away. You get right into them. them. Yeah, yeah. Any particular comments have stuck with you? Uh, just that one of like, why are we still finding out stuff about the contestants mm. on the ninth episode? And then I don't know, a few haters out there, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really let it bother me. Yeah. It's well, like, that's good. And people that are saying, oh, he won just off because of his, his following or because of social media and like, or what you said, yeah, he bought his followers or this and that. It's like, go look at the shit I'm doing and then, and then tell me that. Yeah. Like it's, it's very hard to argue with the stuff you are hitting and <laughs> like go stand on the toonie drop, you know, it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. People share that stuff. <laughs> thousands and thousands of people yeah. see it and then they want to see more. Yeah. I mean, I think from our end, like we were, we knew each other like briefly recently and we were like pumped when you won. And now you say you didn't get a chance to prove yourself maybe on the show, but just on the show is like, yeah. And now are you like, I got to prove myself after the show? Well, that, I'm not too worried about that. Nice. Like, I think I said it in the show. Like, if you have properly working bikes, everything's in order, you're healthy. The media is just me out riding, having fun. Like, it, it makes itself. I'm not too too worried about it. Uh, one thing I do want to do, though, is head back to Big White and make a proper edit. That's on, cool. my, on my to-do list this year. That'd be very cool. Would you, what, If you uh, could flip anything, what would you flip? <laughs> Probably just keep it on the slope style course, to be <laughs> okay. honest. Great mulch jump, hey? I oh, yeah. that. It's so fun. I love that jump. Yeah. I see a lot of comments, too. People are so upset. They're like, well, that's it. I'm not watching season four. I'm out of here. It's like, yeah. okay, shut up. You're, you'll be back. You'll yeah. be back. If there's a season four, you're going to be like, oh, I can't wait to hate on this one. Hey, uh, it's yeah. actually pretty good. Hey, they actually figured it out. Oh, good job, pink bike. Yeah. Uh, I think it's yeah. just too entertaining. And I think also people are a lot more uh, prone to comment something negative than of something rewarding or positive. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Absolutely. It's easier. Yeah. And also I heard through the grapevine, uh, they purposely, some of the earlier uh, episodes sent people home maybe before their time to cause that commotion. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to boy. instigate it a bit. 
No way. They got what they wanted. Send home a controversial choice just to inspire that discussion. Interesting. Negative press is still press. That's a good (laughs) scoop. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I know it's a social clip. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think the top comment is that Tarmo got robbed. I think you pretty plainly stated here that you think you're the best for the job. Yep. You don't think that Tarmo got robbed necessarily. I think it was very unclear what direction that they wanted. And I think overall package is, is vague. Um, I think if you were to break down in like a point system, all the events and challenges that we did, I think Tarmo would come out on top. Hmm. Just looking at the numbers wise. But I think behind or uh, like personality wise, he is not shy, but he's, he's Finnish. Finnish, exactly. <laughs> he's, uh, he's from a very subtle country. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's very like militant, disciplined, like dedicated racer. That's just what he is. Yeah, there, people are upset with Cam, Cam's comment. Cam McCall's comment on. Uh, I think it was his comment on him not Tarmo not having much of a personality or something. And people said, no, he has a big personality. He's just finished. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how he is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like well, that's a big Finnish personality. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's talkative for a finish. Yeah. I don't know. Never met one myself, so I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I was thinking of like, what would make a great season four? What about like a dirt jumper competition, like a slope style rider competition? Is there something there? I feel oh, like those that would be a completely different direction. Totally different. Yeah. Like yeah. young slope style riders, they're like hungry, they're crazy, oh, yeah. and you could just like judge tricks on tricks. Yeah, I don't know. Or downhill, maybe downhill would be cool. Downhill, downhill would racing, be cool. I guess. Yeah. yeah, would be very cool. Would you put like a colon in the title, like Pink Bike Academy colon Dirt Jumper? <laughs> colon, like nothing. <laughs> just colon. Wait, why? I don't know. I, I didn't know what you were going to go you're with. You're like, that. he has nothing. Yeah, he He's has nothing. He hasn't thought winding this. Winding up to I thought nothing. you paused it so one of us would chime in because you're not like the bike guy. So you're like, come on, guys, take the ball. This reminds me of uh, the uh, lactose intolerant conversation. Yeah, exactly. All this colon messaging. Um, That's true. And uh, nope. I do have to pull out my surprise at some point. It's not, it's not a surprise to you guys, but should we do that soon? Like, are we going to do it on this episode? I think we should do it on this episode. Oh, okay. Should we? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we're, now. we're at the time. All right, all right. Well, before I go grab the surprise, um, wanted to touch on, <laughs> wanted to touch on you being. Would you call yourself the biggest sender in Whistler? Self-proclaimed, yeah. Self-pro- <laughs> self-proclaimed biggest sender in Whistler. Yeah, biggest sender. I, I can think of a few big senders, but I guess the first time that I <laughs> that, that I uh, met you was when you were doing some big sends. I think we we captured you in like Whistler closing weekend. 20, oh yeah, I remember this. Or yeah. whatever. And you were like, cl- I don't know what to call this rock, but you were hiking your bike up the side of this. Uh, was that red chair slab? Mm-hmm, red chair slab. Yeah. Yeah, you were hiking your bike up this. I've never seen anybody do that. You were the first person i ever oh, seen yeah. do that. Absolutely insane. Why do you bring that up? I ride that almost every day. What? Yeah. Well, when the bike park's open, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just hike, <laughs> you just hike up there and you just... Yeah, that's my warm-up lap. I oh, come wow. down Garbo, hit Shale Master, and then immediately turn over just by myself, throw my bike on my shoulder, run up, hit that, and then down to all like the filthy eight free ride lines. What What are some of the other Jesus big sends that you do in the Whistler Bike Park? Well, the bike park, you're limited. So, yeah. Big I canvas. Mean, yeah. the the I'm trying to get creative with it because 
I feel like there's not too much left that I haven't done there. So now it's just like, you can't keep doing the same stuff. You got to one up it or bring a new, new entrance to it or something. So actually at the end of the year, we opened up a, a new little line on filthy ape, the little rock gap that I don't think anybody's done before. Cause we had to snap some branches. Right. That was my idea. And then, uh, Steve Vanderhoek, uh, rocked up and he's like, what are we looking at? And then, like, yeah, I saw this little rock, rock to rock. Do you think it'll go? And he's like, yeah, man, I think it's a great idea. So we just snapped some of the branches and then we both hit it. And then since then, I think quite a few people have hit it now. You guys are pioneers yeah. opening up all these new lines. Oh, not me. I'm not. Too. <laughs> is there I, any, like, is there any rivalry there? Because, like, we see online this, and this is kind of regional, but, like, this group of Sea to Sky north shore <laughs> yeah shredders and it always seems like you guys are like yeah finding the new entrance or going a bit higher up the rock or like adding some flair to some insane stunt uh, i wouldn't really say it's rivalry it's more like personal you don't want to keep doing the same thing right so it's it's you're one-upping yourself you're one-upping yourself yeah. and you're seeing what's possible I, would, I wouldn't say there's any like direct competition or bad blood okay maybe actually like a year or two ago, you might get that a little more when for myself personally, um, a lot of guys that were on the come up in the same sort of level as you might not necessarily want to share their lines or their stuff. Cause a lot of stuff's really secretive because they they want that, that next level of sponsorship. They want to be like, this is me. I can do this. I think Remy does that really well. Like he, he builds his stuff. He does it. And then he blocks it off. He doesn't want anybody to do it. Because if he's he makes a YouTube video on Garanga or whatever, and it's on YouTube saying how gnarly this is, and then two days later, some 16-year-old Squamish local goes and hits his line, it's not really a good look. But <laughs> it's part of it. It's it's in a roundabout way, though. It, it's progressing the whole sport for everyone. So it's, it's good. I'm always like, if I do something... And I don't get mad if somebody does it right after. I think, okay, we gotta go. We gotta go bigger. We gotta go gnarlier. Make it so they can't do it. I wanted to ask you about rivalry too, because if you're the self-proclaimed uh, big biggest sender Whistler, who's the runner-up? <laughs> uh, Ryan Mintakis. Yeah, that guy's a sender. We had him on the on the tour this year. Yeah, and. You guys are both nuts. Like the fact that you're calling that lap you do a warm up lap is like okay, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> weren't you guys kind of like a dynamic duo of sorts yeah, with yeah. the Mad Dogs, or you still are? What's tell us about that? Uh, he's kind of gone through some personal stuff this year, okay, and had had that hand injury, and has just kind of stepped back from it a bit. Um, but no, we're still we're still best buddies. Okay, what what the Mad Dogs is that right? Is that yeah, what you yeah. guys called yourself? Okay, because that's how I caught wind of you through. Travis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what was that? So that started out, we'd always just be like, well, are you going to do it? Or are you going to be a mad dog or what? Like when we're looking at a new line or something. And then it was just like a crew of us, like just our, our buddies. Um, and we're like, we're the mad dogs. And then it would just be like, yeah, if you do something sick, you're a mad dog. And then it turned out to be like more so just Ryan and I were the only ones hitting stuff. And then it just stuck to just us two. And Trav's like, oh, I like this. There's marketing here. We're putting <laughs> Mad Dogs. And then he got the the custom kits. And then we put that Mad Dogs edit out. Uh, I think that was 2020 that we dropped that. And that was that was sick. I was happy with that. Nice. Um, 
I want to jump into. Sorry, Matt, if you have to get a surprise, but no, I will. I'll get the surprise when we play this or that. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, before Pink Bike Academy, you were not a full time bike rider, right? Correct. No, you got paid a little bit. I'm assuming before what I do is I have a construction company and uh, sole proprietorship, so I just bust my ass in the spring, fall, winter. I still like my powder days, but. I would work as much as I could and then just take July, August off every year and then just ride. And then, so now this year, I'm probably still gonna have to work a little bit. And then that's still the same plan. Just ride as much as I can and then see, see what we can do and see what, what Orbea is offering as well. Cause I still haven't really made like a full schedule of, of what I want to do. Cause I don't know what's, what's going to be approved, what's not, but I'm hoping Gully will will help out with a lot of it well that and i don't know how much you're allowed to talk about in contracts and ndas and all that but like w with the previous years the previous winners of pink bike academy it was pretty much a given they were going to be like the orbea race team in some yeah. way orbea kind of has a free ride team with with gully like do you know where you fit yet or how yeah. that works so it hasn't been officially stated yet but i did uh before actually I've formally won. I was doing some some background research on Arbea, and they have their commissions team, and that's three riders. Um, not 100% sure who the other one is. I forget. It's some guy in Europe and Gully. And then I saw, it's like, apply now. The spot position was open, and this was before the Pink Bike Academy. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's what the Pink Bike Academy, the winner is going to go to the commissions. So I believe that's like their non-racing uh more of like a content creation side so it hasn't been officially stated that's where i'm going but you put two and two together here i think that's that's where it'll be so then what's what's your like you said you haven't made a full schedule but like do you have like a, a list on your wall at home it's like a toonie drop a 50 foot insane canyon gap like no no i'm kind of backing it down from the like the one-off features I, I just i want to do a few video parts I'm, a big one i really want to do is showcasing uh, like my lifestyle, my personal experiences in Whistler. So it'd be all the stuff in the surrounding area that I do. And then just like lifestyle, like summertime, like there's a lot of really cool shit in Whistler that's behind the scenes that people maybe don't necessarily see. So I kind of want to put an edit together of that. And then I'd really like to, to do something at Big White and then uh, international. I, I really want to make it down to Utah and New Zealand are kind of my two two golden tickets there i feel New like Zealand's you do good huge. things in utah yeah, yeah. <laughs> green river utah yeah. any of those spots yeah. so i'm hoping gully will jo join me because he knows it better than anyone it seems like you're really excited to get into it with gully yeah yeah i think he's well i, I don't know him too too well like i'm finding out a lot more about him mm -hmm. but i feel like he he kind of needs like a push like he he's I don't know how, what I should be saying about him, but uh, I, f I feel like he's got a, a ton of potential, but he maybe he's gotten a little, not lazy, but maybe kind of needs that to re-spark. Stagnant maybe yeah. a bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. so I feel like I, I can bring that and, because I, I just like feed off people. You're here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if I can push him, then he can push me. And that's, exactly like what i had with with ryan like both me and him we didn't know anything about map like we're winging it we're watching remy's videos and we're like yep there's a lot of gaps i think we can do them 
And then it's sometimes it'd be like rock, paper, scissors. Who's going to go first? Or it's one thing he'll be like, I could see it. He does it. I'm like, okay, now I'm doing it. And then vice versa for the next gap. And I'm hoping that uh, I, I can learn a lot from Gully. I, I can see what you're saying about Gully. I, I, I think, uh, yeah, he's not exactly lazy. That guy rides almost every day or skis every yeah, day. Yeah, it's like, how does, how does he do that yeah. so often? That guy's yeah. lived the dream. What a good guy, though. Shout out Gully. He's going to be on our pod in a couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. right on. Um, but you just want to see him send big. You want to see him suey the toonie drop? <laughs> <laughs> he has done the toonie drop. Yeah, he has. Oh, yeah. A few times. Yeah, he's a sender, all right. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be good to see you guys on a team. I think that is probably what you're trying to get at is like, it's probably hard for him being alone, like a one man show yeah, yeah, exactly. and, and not having that like, yeah, buddy to be like, hey, let's go out today and make something or like hit this thing together and like make a little hit yeah. from it. Yeah, I was really impressed on uh, at the Big White Slope style course. I saw him flip that uh, the step down on the full 29er right in front of me. I'm just, all right. Yeah, he, he still got <laughs> yeah, it. He's yeah, he's definitely yeah, still yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, he, he can pull it out when he can. Yeah. Uh, last question for me. Oh, not like that, Dave. You just raised your eyebrow now. <laughs> you say pull it out. One last question for me uh, before we get into this or that. Um, what's the coolest thing you've ever seen someone do on a mountain bike in person? Big question. What something have I something seen in person. Yeah, I mean, maybe not in person too, but something that just like in person. Changed. What comes to mind is uh, Dylan Stark in was it 2019 or 2020? I think it's 2019, the whip-offs, when he 360 the last jump because he overcooked it. He looked like he was going down. And then to hold it together and land that, I was right on the jump watching that. Oh, wow. like, that was sick. <laughs> yeah, Crankworks needs to get that guy back out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just for those moments. Absolutely. All right, well. Or Thomas Lemoyne this year. Oh, yeah. That was yeah, that, that yeah. was... That was big. That was up there. Dave was top. there. Mm-hmm. Jumping. You know that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know <laughs> was that the coolest thing you ever saw on mountain bike, Dave? Yeah, like top 10 easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty wicked. All right. Well, uh, let's play this or that. Jason, Dave, mm-hmm. you guys uh, take the wheel here. Okay. You want to play the music, Dave? Oh, wait. Max, yeah. have you played this or that before? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's a very simple game. Uh, you're going to get given two options and you choose one or the other. Let's do it. There's no prizes. Or winners or losers, but you have to pick something. The okay. prize is thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and a pro and contract with feeding off yeah. each other. <laughs> and we're looking for the complete package here. But the the sponsorship, you have to pay us thirty thousand dollars, so it's net it's net even. <laughs> okay. Whistler or Kelowna? Whistler. Tooney drop or Pemberton train gap? Pemberton train gap. Backflips or big whips? Backflips. Photo shoot or video shoot? Video. Fresh power, fresh loam. Fresh power, surprisingly. Ooh. 29 or 27.5? Mullet. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Moto or a mountain bike? Mountain bike right now. Nose manuals or regular manuals? Regular. Uh, rock rolls or big jumps? Jumps. DH bike or, or enduro bike? Oh, put me on the spot on that one. <laughs> Enduro bike. Uh, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Neither. <laughs> A-line or Dirt Merchant? Dirt Merchant. Jumps or steeps? Jumps. Garfs or Longhorn? Longhorn then Garfs. <laughs> First in a race or viral Instagram reel? Viral. 
wet trails or dry trails? Dry, all day. And <laughs> breaking a collarbone or breaking your back? <laughs> collarbone. And that is another edition of this or that. Well done. Fresh, he chose pow over loam. Yeah. This guy's wow. a skier. <laughs> uh, I try. Us. Well, you do live in like a mecca of both. Yeah. <laughs> pow day at Whistler is a very good day. Well, All right, guys. The snowboarding clips actually are same amplitude as the biking. But. Yeah, you do. You Did you ever have? Sorry. We're, sorry. No, yeah. We have just two minutes left, but go for it. <laughs> Oh yeah! Um, can you tell us your life story from beginning to end? <laughs> uh, I was just gonna say, did you ever want to be a pro snowboarder? No. Okay. <laughs> Get to the freaking surprise. All right, uh, Max. I don't know if you're gonna be this stoked, but uh, we've been talking about this on a few podcasts. I made ice cream. We've been talking about me making ice cream. Mm -hmm. I made pralines and cream ice cream just for you boys. You said it was your yeah. favorite. Yeah, We're gonna taste the ice cream. <laughs> I, I looked it up and you were right. I think it is pralines. Pralines? Yeah. What? what? Praline. praline or praline? Yeah, what is it? Uh, I, I say praline. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say either. Oh, crap. Okay, here's a taste test. Okay, mm -hmm. give me the taste test. This is... Hold on. Careful what you say. Yeah, but what is it, though? Oh, it's like a peanut. Oh, it's oh. a uh, pecan. Is it a pecan? Yeah, it's not a pe What? A pe peanut? Sorry, you, I don't know. Pecans that are caramelized. Jason, pass but me a spoon. Guys, yeah. this is... <laughs> oh. <laughs> what you have here is homemade, handcrafted, mm -hmm. Maddie D's, Quebecois, uh, maple butter. I got worms. and cream. Oh, Ice cream. So <laughs> Please enjoy. Let me know how it tastes. Oh, no. uh, if you like it, uh, leave a good review. Milk was a bad but, choice. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, that you can't all listening uh, taste this ice cream. Hold on. No, I assure you, ASMR. it's probably mm. edible. Everybody wants to listen to the lip smacks on the ice oh, cream. Yeah. That's for sure. Some good stuff right there. Guys, thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe and rate our I show will. on whatever platform you're listening on. Yes, we know that rating podcasts is for nerds. But if you drop a banger review on Apple Podcasts, we do read them. We read them. We have fun. Mm. And I'm, I might send you some stickers. Uh, check out the Mahalo My Dude store if you want to rep some merch. Uh, we don't have feeding off each other merch yet, but uh, maybe we should get a shirt or something. Mm, yeah. yeah. One shirt. Yeah, that's it, folks. Hey, how's ice cream? It's real good. Excellent. Is it good? Mm -hmm. Describe it. Mm -hmm. What are you tasting? Have you gotten to the Velvet. creamy? Milky. Mm -hmm. Have you gotten creamy. to the pralines yet? Mm -hmm. Max? Very creamy. Very creamy. Creamtacular. Yeah, you're going to have an ice cream belly on your ride later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max, thanks so much. Yeah, it was really Max. nice to talk to you. Congratulations once again. You're a G. Don't kill yourself out there. Yeah, thanks for having <laughs> me, man. All right, it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Looking forward to watching it. All right. Uh, that's it. As always. Yum, 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 Thank you for listening to Feeding Off Each Other. Please subscribe for more great podcasts.